message. I know you're probably busy having mind-blowing sex right now, but I feel that you need to know your good friend Miranda Hobbs has just taken a piece of cake out of the garbage and eaten it. You'll probably need this information when you check me into the Betty Crocker Clinic. So, Sarah, I think we should just get into it because... Uh, should we introduce you, ourselves? Yeah, let's introduce ourselves. This is our first podcast. Um, we said we were going to do like a practice round, but I feel like we're kind of just naturally getting into it. So I think um, this is it. <laughs> I think this is it. Um, so, Sarah, do you want to introduce the podcast if you can remember the name that we chose out of 100 that we wrote down? <laughs> okay, so from what I remember, and I think we're just going to have to commit to it now, is that this is the Miranda's. Yeah, this is, this the, is Miranda's. the Miranda's. And I think there's going to naturally be a tagline that evolves with it. But as of now, this is the Miranda's. And just kind of like how I, I said that, you know, there's kind of two types of people, people who, who who do a rendition of the theme song every time they hear the show. Um, I would scatter, categorize us as Miranda's. And the podcast is about what does that mean? Okay, you want to try it again? Okay. Here you go. I'm Gilly and I'm Sarah. And we are the, the Mirandas. God, that was corny as fuck. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, this podcast, as Sarah was saying, like, Basically, we have called this podcast The Mirandas because we love the show Sex and the City, but we really identify most with Miranda Hobbs. Uh, we think that she's the most relatable. Um, and so, uh, yeah, we, we wanted to start this podcast because, you know, this is a beloved show. Um, Sarah and I know this show very well among, like, so many young women who do or older women who do and or everyone who does and um sarah also has like a very scary vivid encyclopedic memory of like every single line ever of this show so we uh, really any tv show or, or really any show or weird movie that went straight to vh vhs <laughs> it's true it, yeah no it's um it is true okay so okay let's let's get into it okay so well, i think here we should just start talking about it because honestly like quick background yes. for anyone who's going to be listening to this. <laughs> Gilly and I met in college. <laughs> okay, so we met in college and um, I think we can talk about anything. We talk yeah. about everything and anything. You're one of those friends who I can literally talk to. We can start a conversation at 6.30 in the morning and then like by 11, I don't know what we're talking about, but it's been five hours. And then you're like, let's go get brunch. So, Question, okay. why are we up at 6? <laughs> no, when have we ever been up together at 6.30 in the morning? When you were here a couple weeks ago because my dog was up. Oh, shit. You're right. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah, so basically Sarah and I went to college together, and then we both um, had jobs in New York City um, after, after we graduated. And, you know, the show is so relatable, yet so unrelatable at times to, you know, being a – yuppie young professional woman white woman in new york city and um but specifically we um why don't we get into why we both consider ourselves mirandas do you want to start why do you consider yourself a miranda well i think we should before that 
acknowledge that when we were in high school and people were like categorizing themselves, being called a Miranda was like the worst thing you could be called in a group. Like I, 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 we had a friend who were like, you're such the Miranda. And it was like an insult. And I wonder why at that point in my life, totally the most relatable character was like an insult. And I, maybe it was because the, like the level of attractiveness that, that she's not the most attractive. She's not the most stylish. Um, but I think that she's the smartest. Mm-hmm. Maybe, <laughs> and compared to other characters, I I find her after watching it in my th- being a th- being thirty now just the most relatable. So maybe I just kind of see myself as relatable. So that's kind of why I think of myself as her. I don't know. What about you? Totally. I um I consider myself a Miranda because again we think she's most relatable. But I, you know, I was just thinking like I don't want to use the word realistic. Because I, I get an, I get annoyed when like the other characters are like aren't described as realistic. Because at the end of the day, this is a show, and we do need to suspend some disbelief. Mm-hmm. But you know, I think that she is the most down to earth, and I think that she just is is relatable because she's not always so happy and she's not always you know she has her ups and her downs i mean i guess they all do but there's something there's something about her where i feel like she's honest and uh more down to earth and um you know maybe i relate because she's cynical but yeah i think there's a there's a the level of like cynicism that i really relate to and self-deprecation i'm extremely self-deprecating yes the self-deprecation for sure and and maybe if you look at like Carrie, Charlotte, and Samantha, like I don't want to be those characters. So maybe just by process of elimination, yeah. I, I, you know, because they're almost like um, like exaggerated versions of of personality traits. Whereas I think Miranda is the most well rounded character developed. Right. I would say Charlotte's maybe the next most relatable character. I don't not for me personally, but I think like I feel like she she's an archetype of like. A person out there in New York City whereas I feel like Carrie like is just kind of like in fantasy land all the time which is I mean kind of the point because she's like this creative writer mm-hmm. um but I feel I just feel like a lot of Miranda's scenarios were like w- dating wise were just very like identifiable you know and oh yeah like the the faking orgasm one yeah like okay where do we start okay <laughs> where do we start okay well why don't we start with episode to- one 100 percent. episode one is arguably the worst episode of this entire series um, <laughs> see i don't well okay that's interesting well okay first I, I think it's terrible and i did some research on it and do you know this is my like wikipedia research that sarah jessica parker hated this episode so much that she said she wanted to quit and she would do three hbo movies without pay to get out of her contract oh i didn't know that part she I knew said that it would she, ruin yeah. her career if she did this show based on the style of the show and the clothing yes i do remember hearing in there's like what was it here's the thing with alec baldwin she was on that like six years ago and she was talking about it and she like did some tweaks to the carrie bradshaw character um because just to make it more kind of I think it was it was to make her more like of an independent woman and like more mm-hmm. of a modern woman. And I think from what I understand, she became a producer on 
on the show like pretty immediately and i think yeah that makes sense i mean i think that's really cool to that she took that initiative it's such a, it's in such opposition to like the carrie character who was just so like purposeless in a lot of ways like i think she's just, <laughs> just kind of like she'll, she'll like take any job she's like <laughs> vogue pays me four dollars a word four cents a word you know and i took or, the bus i know i mean my god i, I it, it, but this is interesting because in the first episode we um she wasn't that bad though and then you realize no. like she develops as this like anti-hero throughout the seat the throughout the series but like she an- wasn't bad an anti-hero? Is that the right way to describe her? Because like when yeah. I think of anti-hero, I think okay. of Walter White from Breaking Bad. Like we're all rooting for him, right? Yeah. So I, but, okay. but she's just like not what I want. I think to, like there's look up two, to hundred percent. But I think that there's two perceptions of this show. Like watching it and for enjoyment, and then watching it critically. Because like I think it, you easily can just be kind of like amused by her but like you can't on you can't like take off the feminist lens of like how you view this character I think so to me she's a little bit like an anti-hero that you're run of rooting for her but she's just a I think she's kind of a fuck up right that she's yeah she's an interesting she's interesting female character particularly created at that time in which right you know she did not have it all together but we um, didn't know that. We didn't. I know. So, like, we're starting with episode. Let's. Okay. So, here's the thing. So, uh, uh, Sarah and I decided for this podcast that, like, we don't have an audience for currently. We're just talking. We're just, <laughs> I, I said, Dakota, would you watch this? He's like, no, I don't think so. And I said, but just oh, we need listeners. Like, okay, for that. We need listeners. Um, yeah. No. Um, uh, Sarah and I also really like the podcast Office Lady. Late. Office ladies, because we like the show The Office, and we really um, indubitably, uh, indubitably, um, we really appreciated or appreciate how on the podcast they are um, both Pam and Angela, those characters, the real actors, are going episode by episode and talking, you know, about their behind the scenes experience on each episode and. Um, we just think it's a good structure. I mean, we weren't behind the scenes at all. <laughs> we have we, no behind the scenes information <laughs> other than what I just read on Wikipedia about an hour ago. We, we were like eight years old when the first season came out. Actually, I wasn't allowed to watch this show. <laughs> Neither was I until it, yeah. And we're okay. going to discuss this. We, okay, <laughs> gonna, all of this will come up. <laughs> you stay didn't worry. For season two. <laughs> um, okay. Okay, so I, let's start with, um, here we go. We're going to talk season one, episode one. Welcome to the Miranda's podcast yet again. And we're just going to be going episode by episode and really not just talking about why Miranda is relatable, but also just talking about all the dating and romances and, and just different types of things that occur on the show and and talk about it, how it relates to dating today. Um because, you know, we are both millennials and um, have respectively had, you know, long times of being like long durations of being single in New York City. And so, um, yeah, it's over the years. It's just always been an interesting um, touch point, like just within yeah. like thinking about how this is kind of like 
watching this when we were younger, how this kind of shaped us and like maybe shaped our expectations too. And so, yeah. Particularly for dating in New York City, I think. Yeah. Because when we, when you were living here, um, we were both single for the majority of the time, you know, in our early 20s. Right. And this, sh- and you can't not think about sex if you're a, 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 like a 20 something person living. but maybe maybe there are people who do and they wouldn't make a podcast about it but, <laughs> but that's why we're here to do that um okay so let's, let's get right into it you okay know, so I don't Sarah, you hate on podcasts and people talk for too long well we're not talking about ourselves well I guess we kind of are but we're not really talking about ourselves too much but um shoot where did I put my phone my phone has my notes in it but okay so Sarah's going to be in charge of like the weird, vivid memory of just, you know, flying through the synopsis. And I'm just here. <laughs> I've, um, I'd watched it just before we recorded. All right. Um, so again. I'm going to do a quick recap of this sh- of the, the episode. Yeah. Um, the first, you know, this first episode is introducing all of the characters in these weird vignettes of like um, random people in New York. That style of the show actually quickly fades out. You get to meet the four characters, Samantha, you know, clearly the most sexual of the group. You have Miranda, high-powered attorney, Charlotte, the kind of like stereotypical anti-feminist um, art dealer, and then Carrie, the observer of the group, <laughs> the person who's just taking it all in. The anthropologist. <laughs> no, the, the sexual anthropologist. anthropologist. Yeah. With her words, hair. her words. <laughs> Actually, you're right. And it follows Carrie's quest to try to have sex like a man and what that looks like. And in doing so, she ends up meeting Mr. Big, who is a recurring theme. And I believe her Achilles heel and her downfall (laughs) of this entire show. And we get to meet him in the first episode. And um, we meet him after she's tried to have sex like a man. And he just kind of knocks, knocks her off her feet. And yep. we're left with her looking like she's a law and order um, <laughs> victim at the end of, you know, the end yeah. scene where it's like frozen. To- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, so, so yeah. So, you know, I totally, I, you know, I've seen this series nine million times and yeah. I always forget that she meets big in the first episode for some oh, reason. I, I just always thought it was later. God, he seems like a season two guy. Like, yeah. Episode one with yeah. Skipper. <laughs> first off, did they did they want Skipper to be like a main character? Why he was introduced? He had a lot I think, of airtime. I think I think he was maybe supposed to be a main character, and just it wasn't. An audience testing was like, <laughs> he's get weird. I, get, I get him out. I wrote a note that I said. He's so hard to look at. I feel like I'm looking at a deformed Tom Hanks. <laughs> I literally was thinking he looked like Tom Hanks as well. And I was yeah, like, like Tom Hanks, but like the Tom, Tom Hanks version. In big, you know, and he's like young. Yeah, like no, he'd be the understudy for Tom Hanks. <laughs> yeah, and it was Stunt hard double. to watch. And he's just What so, is he? He's like a web creator. That's yeah, how he's and you described. look at the website he's making, web and I'm creator. like, oh God, it looks like something I would have made in like computer class in 2002. Um, but I totally believe that love conquers all. Sometimes you just have to give it a little space. And that's exactly what's missing in Manhattan, the space for romance. But which is so weird that the show was what? This was 1996. This was filmed. And the oh, technology, I thought it was 98. 
So it was 96 and then it aired in 97. Oh, okay, Again, that makes sense. I, this might not be accurate, but I, based on what I read in Wikipedia, it is. Totally. But, okay. I don't so think- do- so how do, do we want to go about this? Go through, I don't know if I want to go through a play-by-play. I have notes. Should we just I have go notes th- too. Okay. And then we also have like, we want to go through the Miranda Zinger and we want to talk about, you Carrie know. Tracker. Yeah, Carrie Tracker. We have a Carrie Tracker, which we'll get into. And we have a Manola Blahnik rating system, which <laughs> yeah. we're going to flush. <laughs> I, I totally forgot about that. And it's that. not about the shoes. It's about the quality of the show. <laughs> and Um, so why don't we just get into it um can i can i start oh my god i i have a note that's do it okay so in the beginning of episode one okay actually help me with this one (laughs) because you have a vivid memory which is um you know they start this whole show out like as if it's like a rom-com like we're watching you know this british journalist with meet an Australian this, accent, yeah. With, okay. Yeah, with like a yeah Australian accent. Meet this like uh, investment banker named Tim or something. He's kind of, kind of like gross to be honest. But okay, whatever. Um, but he makes two million dollars a year. So. Yes. Okay. And so base. <laughs> so basically, what happens is you know uh, Carrie Bradshaw is narrating and she's talking about how they went on all these amazing dates and we're having amazing sex and then you know he they went to see some like listings for like houses on the market together and you know everything seems so glamorous and do you have children not yet (laughs) 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 totally and then he's like do you want to meet my parents this weekend yes yeah (laughs) and then he calls and then he calls. He goes through something that we all have been through on some level, which is when the yeah. person he calls and he can't make the date. He said like his mom is sick or something. She's like, oh, okay, yeah. like totally, like it happens, you know. And then tell he your mom I said feel better. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And then then the unraveling un- happens. Two weeks later, she's like. You know, th- this technology is different than we're going to be talking about technology, too, because that obviously is really shaped the dating, you know, now. Um, but, oh, yeah. you know, she's calling him on his answering machine <laughs> saying like, wow, two weeks. Like, it's been a really long time. Like, wow. Um, it's one long rain check. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's one long rain check. Um, <laughs> and so um, basically, uh, yeah, so she got ghosted. And um, yeah, that was that ghosting. was that was before ghosting was even a term. Um, she got got pretty got much, got. and um, it that was so unbelievably relatable. No, I've never looked at houses with a person <laughs> who you know an investment banker makes two million a year, but however, <laughs> certainly been ghosted, but over text, over text, yeah, but over, but also like been ghosted in the way where it's not like i mean being dumped is like i don't want to see you anymore 
being ghosted is like, yeah, let's rain check. Let's keep rain checking. Let's keep rain checking. Let's keep rain checking. We're going to you know? rain check forever. <laughs> yeah, it's just a eternal rain check. Oh, my God. And, and I don't know how personal we want to get, but I, I remember that guy who sent me the text about. Um, Please get into it. it. We're. Oh, God. What did he say? Oh, God. It was so good. It was one of those texts you had to keep scrolling because it couldn't all fit on the screen. <laughs> oh, no. And it was it was like, you know, between my delayed flight and my ear infection, like things are just not. <laughs> Not going well for me right now. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I feel so bad. And it turns out he had just met somebody else. But yeah. But didn't but you received that like a month later though, after it like was weeks radio of, silence. Of radio silence and, and just mixed messages. Absolute yeah. mixed messages. And then I was like, what? Your ear infection? <laughs> okay, okay. But so I, I actually think this was an, an a fantastic way to open this episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it, I remember when I just when I watched it a couple days ago, I was like, wait, why did they do this? And then it makes complete sense. And then because you have Carrie there who's smoking your cigarette. A, yeah. smoking cigarettes indoors is insane to think of. That's it's how funny. dated the show is. And then yeah. B, how so, you know, Carrie had probably experienced that before and was oh, like, yeah. I, this is the story as old as time. You know, this right. is kind of the new fairy tale. And then they start um, introducing all these different characters. Jaded, cynical white people. Exactly. exactly. You know, three of whom we learn are, you know, the main characters. But the other, like, weird dudes. And it's, it always says toxic bachelor underneath. Which yeah. I really never noticed until now. Um, because I feel like the word toxic and toxic masculinity is used, like, a lot more now. Um, yeah, I wonder the the connotation it had then in 1996 or seven when it aired to to read like was toxic bachelor a term like do we call men bachelors now i I don't think so i mean we call them like what bros what's the equivalent now of a bachelor i mean i think i would use the word bachelor but not like i would fuck boys probably the word probably fuck boy (laughs) (laughs) yeah toxic fuck boy it's just a (laughs) toxic fuck yeah. um but it's weird because these people are like mid 30s too are they like they're like yeah. late 20s early 30s because miranda's what 32 carrie's 32 carrie's like 31 I thought, no okay, she's 32 she's- because it, w- this is the only reason i know this is because when she goes to meet that guy at the bar she's like and i made a mistake at 22 28 31 and i, okay. and I remember thinking like oh my god you were still doing this shit at 31 <laughs> yeah, they're, exactly. they're older they're not in their 20s and i think that's an interesting thing is that you have yeah. kind of women who were single yeah in their mid early 30s which is in like the everyone's 90s in the 90s <laughs> <laughs> they should have just killed themselves, themselves. <laughs> by the time you reach your mid 30s you think why should i settle you know no, but it, it's weird because a lot of the behavior that they that I'm relating to is something I did maybe in my early 20s. But it's weird that they they're in their 30s, and I wonder would we totally? Yeah, ooh, we're gonna have to get into. Well, that. I don't know. I mean, I think we would still be. I don't know if I would actually. I know for a fact I wouldn't be tolerating any of the bullshit a lot of them go through. But I think I probably would be having to experience it because it's inevitable in, in some yeah. sense. But yeah. um, I think, okay, so something that I, a note that I wrote down. So yeah, basically, they're going through all these like jaded people 
and um, it shoots to uh, Miranda. Oh, I know what you're going to say. And Miranda says that she has this theory about men and that, quote, men secretly hate pretty girls because they think are they are the ones who rejected them in high school. And I thought that was like, at first I was kind of like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And then I was like, Mm, there might be some, there might be something there, Mirandy. And um, are we filing this under Miranda? What what do we say? Why is it, what what did we call this? Miranda re- relatability moments. There it is. For, yeah. As of now. As of now. But like, okay, what are your thoughts? Just cold reading. What are your thoughts on that? Men secretly hate pretty girls because they think they are the ones who rejected them in high school. That's an interesting perspective because if it. it I, I am assuming based on her character development that she was definitely not a pretty girl in high school. So maybe from her. <laughs> <laughs> That's so presumptuous, but okay. You're like, Miranda was fugly as fuck in high school. <laughs> let's be real she, and you know what, and maybe that's why i i didn't think i was attractive in high school so maybe i would i would say oh men you know secretly hate pretty girl i don't know i feel like her perspective was a little bit tainted it was a little bit um miranda is extremely vulnerable but very jaded and guarded and there right. was a level of defense in that statement and the kind totally. of lawyer part of her came out of like here's the defense of 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 this and right and you know in my case against man here's my evidence for it she like like i don't i don't know i, I also really want to ask some men about that like yeah, yeah. is there well, hatred towards very attractive women so here's the dealio i at first i was like oh come on like that's like such an umbrella statement it is such an umbrella statement um but also you know i think that there is some god do i <laughs> do i really want to like talk about incels in our pilot episode of the podcast <laughs> do it but i you know what the incels you, you yeah know, I'm, I'm on reddit where they're <laughs> i'm on 4chan I'm on um where it's like you know essentially like dudes who are pissed off because like people don't want to have sex with them and it's like well maybe they don't want to have sex with you because you have a you bad know, personality you're, you're a bad person like i don't know like um yeah. but i think i feel like I feel like there is part of, you know, all the terms like slut, whore, bimbo, like a lot of that I feel like is kind of surrounded around unattainable girls or or mm-hmm. or, 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 or people feeling rejected and that's how they retaliate in some way. And um, But don't you think, and this is, again, we are discussing this show as people who have seen the show a million times. We're not first-time viewers, so my perspective of Miranda is not based on this first episode. Mine is on the entire series. I think Miranda doesn't like pretty girls. I think Miranda hated pretty girls in high school. And I think she projects a lot of her hatred of other people, like, onto other people. And it becomes everyone else's problem. Oh, no, it's a total projection. I think that's why I was, like, initially kind of, like... Mm-hmm. Uh, off put because it's like it's totally her projecting and you know she went to Harvard Law School and I'm sure she thinks you know she worked hard and she's really smart and maybe you know whatever whatever and you know mm-hmm. with looks it's she has a chip on her shoulder 
whatever. But I, I do think that it is kind of, I don't know. I just, I thought it was kind of interesting just in light of like, you know, just the internet culture and the way that like women are like DM'd horrible things on Instagram and, um, mm -hmm. especially the ones who are like posting thirst trap type of accounts and stuff like that. But God, wouldn't it, I, when I was thinking about talking about this with you, how different this show would be with the so with social media we have now it would be an entirely different show because dating is completely different it would be entirely different but you know what's funny is like there's so many scenarios in the show where it's like all similar and it's yeah. um there was a quote that miranda said that actually was right when about the pretty girl one where she said um is there a woman here who weighs more than 100 pounds oh yeah and that, that was feeling oof. Yeah, I, and because I, I, I know that feeling of being somewhere like in a trendy place in New York City, but not feeling so good enough. Low, and you look yeah. around and you're like, is everyone a model? Is does everyone have money? Is everyone attract more attractive, which they are? And I that was such am a I not good week. enough? Am I not good enough? It comes down to like being good enough. And I Miranda kind of hit it in the head where where she has this like sarcastic projection and like you know, cynicism, like, and she has to make a joke of it, but I think it's a real insecurity where I, I think she, I think there's a part of Miranda that so wants to be the beautiful woman in the room. And there's so many episodes in this show where she, when she gets that, how, how um, intoxicating that is for her. Yeah. I was going to say, like, I was just going to challenge and say, is she not the most beautiful woman in the room? But like, Ooh, but I, she, I, I mean, she is, so. I mean, I, no, I mean, I don't know. I think there are moments, like you said, there's, there are several episodes where, you know, she's obviously stunning and so smart. And, you know, her relationship with Steve, like, I love that relationship in the show. And oh, he, yeah. see, he sees, I, I, I don't know. I could go He on. sees her. Yeah, he sees her. Exactly. And, and um, so this is, I mean, can't you yeah. just imagine if, if, if it wasn't Skipper, if it was Steve sitting in that chair with her at the bar he yeah. would turn to her and say something and be like well you're the most beautiful person in the room and I think she was kind of always wanting that I think yeah. she needed a man who was gonna think Retort of her as back. the most beautiful woman of the world yeah. and, be, and be like you're a fucking idiot if you don't think so and that's and what challenge Steve was her. for her and challenge too. her yeah whereas yeah. Skipper I don't even god I can't remember what oh, he said because he's such a like he looked like that like a wet eel I don't know like I really <laughs> he was hard to look at I mean he's a puppy dog that's I mean he's supposed to be younger too and yes I mean okay okay so Let's get more into the episode. Let's okay. So the motif or the theme of the episode is women having sex like a man. Do yeah. you want to? Do you want to talk about that real quick? Like, the, what are your having thoughts? Having sex like a man. Having <sighs> sex like a man. Yeah. Well, the show has mixed messages about it. Carrie is obviously so deflated when the guy who she tries this experiment with is like, thank God you're finally doing it like me. Like, I'll call you and I'm available next time. Like, good job. And then she's so deflated because she doesn't have the power. The power comes from not caring. Yes. And the, yes. You know, and then even in when Samantha, she has this scene at the end when the guy, like they go back to the, the, his fancy apartment and he's going down on her. And there's a part right where you that. can't tell, is she happy? Is she sad about this? Her face kind of. Well, because contorts. he said right before, like, I have to get up early. You can't stay morning. over. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. And there's the man having the power to dictate what you can and can't do, right? There's this whole thing about having sex like a man was all about the power of it. And ironically, Um, Charlotte was the one who said, like, I have to wake up early right before that. So so it kind of flips that... um, yeah, that 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 sex is all about um, just power exchanges, and this is show, it? I think so. All 100%. about okay. That's what my therapist has said. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we can go there. Okay, no, yeah, okay. So, you know, I think that, yeah, I, I think, the, and this show really explores that of people when they have it, when they um, abuse it, and the just kind of the power that sex has in people's lives. Totally. And I mean, this whole show, this whole episode was about like power with sex. And I think that's why, you know, it's talking about having sex like a man because it's been, men have been notoriously seen as the ones who only have the power in sex. And I think this show was trying to challenge that idea. And, and basically, you know, what I took from that, from the show is that it's, you know, basically like, this is what (laughs) the next seven six seven seasons are gonna be like Mm -hmm. um but i uh i just wanted to point out something um there are some amazing mm -hmm. liners in this wait yes well i was gonna say like what i found funny was just how carrie's hair is like pretty much brown in this episode it's so dark this Mm -hmm. is just like aesthetic stuff and that um what i find funny is that it looks like everyone's wearing like everlane or like reformation like it's like that 90s kind of with the neutrals and like silver jewelry just like very simple yeah the style was both dated but also like you could see that now yeah yeah totally um and because i mean the fashion is such an important part of this show and i i mean carrie's one of those people where it's a hit or a miss you either look at her what she's wearing and go what the fuck are you wearing right or you go oh my god she looks beautiful there, there is really no in between with her oh my god she's fashion roadkill right um right. i mean there are so many episodes when she's wearing something and i dakota has kind of peered in and, and even he's like dear god you know like what what could she be wearing and um I, I do say, I actually, I, I noted some things about the fashion in this episode. Please, that I, please. I really, I think the kind of the fashion award, um, I, I don't know what we call, call that. It's not the Manila Blahnik. It's something else. Um, what goes to Samantha and Charlotte. I think she they were the best dressed mm. of this episode. Charlotte's yes. evening yes. gown. <gasps> God, that was The nice. low back with that like string with the beat at back. the Oh, she kills a low back. She has no... Fat rolls back there. <laughs> no, I'm being serious. That's not like, what I thought you were going to say. But okay. No, I, I, I really think a low back is like, it, it, it's just like a high leg or a low neck. Like it's it's a it's a thing you do and there are some people who can do it well. And I think she pulls off a low back very well because it's basically down to her butt. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Down to, yeah. And what then Samantha looks very pretty in this episode. And I thought she yeah. looked, especially at the dinner when all four are sitting there, just her bangs, her hair, like the kind of the simple black outfit. Um, I thought yeah. she looked the least dated out of this, the entire. Yeah. Uh, of, of yeah. Past. Um, what I, um, so, okay. So I kind of want to switch gears and talk about, since we're kind of almost out of time, like talking about like the ending of the show and, um, Basically, at the end, they're at Chaos at West 4th Street, um, which is like a club, I guess. And um, Big is there and uh, Carrie's like, oh, like sees him and 
is like, who's that? And, you know, Samantha says he's, you have the quote, right? Oh, yeah. (laughs) He's the next Donald Trump, except he's younger and much better looking. Yeah, that was, it's kind of like, forgot about that, honestly. Um, I I mean, Donald Trump was also on this show. Yes, later. Okay, well, enough of him, but like. (laughs) Let's not give him any (laughs) airtime. But like, basically. I'm actually wearing my anti Trump shirt right now, but. Oh, that's funny. So basically, what I was actually, what I have a note on is that Samantha decides that she wants to go in for the kill and like Mm -hmm. make a move on big. Mm -hmm. And it made me think, like, wow, there must be some really good fan fiction of Samantha getting with Big instead of Carrie. And I would love to see read it. I'll I'll look into it. Or write it. I don't know. Wow. Wait, that is an entire other show. Yeah. And it's so interesting because he was so not interested in her. I think he could sense, like, damage in Carrie. What? I think that... Oh, God! I think I think he did. I think he could sense damage, and I think he preyed upon that. And I think with Samantha, she she was <laughs> so confident and so self assured. Assured, and and yes, to she a was large like part, pretending she does to feel give those a, ways. Yeah, right. And like smoking the cigar, which I like think a, is just like absurd. a blowjob, like a, like yeah. a blowjob. And <laughs> he was so turned off by that. Um, and I think he likes. Carrie, especially, you know, in the scene where he's like, I know, you've never been in love. And she's like, <clears throat> you know, like, he sees through me. And I think he he kind of, like, sharked her. I don't know. She's so weak compared to him. And it's interesting well, how the power exchange flows throughout the series. But in this episode, he's very attracted to her. Um, I think it's something about, like, like, I think he was pointing out that that he doesn't think she's someone who's um but basically that that, have 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 sex like a man quote unquote but but then she says like yeah like yeah i can and he's basically saying yes yes because he was kind of saying no i don't want that i don't like that and for him he he doesn't like that and she was kind of asking like why and he was and he's i mean he was saying that essentially that he's been in love and and he's been married yeah which we don't know yet, but now we, you know, as you and I know this. Um, but, oh, my God, I laughed so hard at that last scene with her <laughs> looking like she was just murdered and, like, Dick Wolf, and you know, was directing the show. And they put the camera, like, on a tilt, like, on a diagonal. <laughs> so it looked like Alfred Hitchcock, like, super precarious. I was waiting for that Law & Order music to pop on. I don't know. No, dun, 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 yeah. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah. Um, but oh man wait have you ever been in love absolutely okay so okay so since we have a few minutes left like Let's talk final thoughts, like um, Jerry Springer style. What are just overall final thoughts? Yes. Let me put it this way: <laughs> When I watched this episode, 
I watched four more immediately after. This fucking hooked me. Okay. And sure, I have an addictive personality. And, I, and, and that might reflect more about me and less of the, the, the nature of the show. But I, I think it's a good show. And and I think yes. what we're going to talk about in this podcast is we fully <clears throat> recognize the silliness of it. We recognize that this is both a yes. feminist and an anti-feminist show, that it's deeply problematic, but it's also really good. And It is just good. Beca- and, ju- and I'm yeah. sorry, but just because something is like romantic comedy and kind of silly doesn't make it like less meaningful. And I think when women right. produce things like that, it's so people automatically kind of degrade it and like, and try yeah. to pick it apart. And I think women are constantly put on that pedestal of like, if it's something female centered, it has to be so unbelievably better than what a man has to do. Or like it, it has to, it has to reach impossible standards for quality. Um, so this, the, the episode Although I didn't love it, it hooked me into wanting to watch episode two. And then I watched, you know, two more after that. Right, right. That's my final thoughts about it. Yeah, I would say that my final thoughts are, um, you know, I guess I haven't really paid as much close attention to this episode that I, than I have compared to other episodes. Like we were watching, like, how many times have we seen season four? Or it's season so three. So many yeah. times. It's like season two of The Office. I mean, you just rewatch right. it. it. It's really good. Over and over Season and over. one, I dismissed it. And I think there's some good meat here. Well, yeah, I think there was, I think just overall, like my final thought is, it's just why I'm really excited about doing this podcast is just seeing kind of more of like the smaller nuanced moments that were, that the writers like mm-hmm. made as part of the pilot. And, um, and really just kind of thinking critically about those kinds of choices that were made. And um, yeah, that's that's kind of overall. I'm, I'm really excited to go on to more episodes. I'm excited to take this journey with you. Okay, girl. <laughs> I had a religious experience at Manolo Blahnik. <laughs> okay, how many Manolo Blahniks? So five Manolo Blahniks. Um, out of five, how many Manolos are you... I'm giving this two. (laughs) And I I don't even know what I would give a one. You know, I'm, yeah. Okay, I would give this, I'm going to give it three and a half. Yeah, you can't give it four. I Three and a half because three is two in the middle and three and a half is just over the edge where you do start binge watching like Sarah, you know, <laughs> where you do want to see more of like, okay, like, where yeah. is this actually going to go? Because, you know, at the time, this must have really, this show must have really stuck out like a sore thumb. Oh, And yeah. so I'm sure it was like, I like, at that time, I probably would have been like, I need to know what happens. Um, yeah. But it's interesting be- because I... It, it's so weird re-watching it as somebody who, like, just finished watching it. <laughs> because I'm, like, just kind of seeing the beginning through the lens of the ending. And it's very, yes. I, 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 it's, um, it's kind of a fun way to watch something. And, yeah. I'm well, excited that to was this podcast with you. That was our episode one, our little, um, should we call it a recap? It's not really a recap. It's just a chat about episode one. It's a chat. One. It's G-Talk. It's G talk girl talk. Um, about episode one. And um, yeah, uh, how should we end this? Next week is episode two. 
And I'm already forgetting what episode two is about. But we should um, we should have this prepared. In I know the this future. needs to be prepared because we need to know what it's about. <laughs> and I watched it. So and we I have a little it. teaser. Oh wait, I yeah. know. I wrote this down. It's the um the model one, the modelizer. Oh oh my god, so, you're right. It's the model right. And then she runs one was into so Big, soon. and he's with a yes. model, and she's like, oh, "I'm just adding cheese." <laughs> You know, we're spoiler sh- alert. Spoiler yeah. alert. She, she spoiler is in front of a model. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then you know we'll get into that one next next for next episode. But that's actually a great great episode. I All right, have well, my Malona Blonic rating, but I won't tell you. Okay. Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> Where the man is signing out. Um, okay, first thoughts, impressions. <laughs> That's from the office. How, how many Manola Bonics do we want to get this podcast? I like, if, if, like, if someone forced you, <laughs> I mean, I give if it. someone forced you to listen to it, would you willingly listen to it again? That should be all podcast. I'm going to give it one shoe of a Manoa Blonic pair. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, I'm laughing. Oh.